I was very stressed, very overwhelmed. And in amongst all of that, I was unable to work out what was next for me. I knew that I needed something different. I knew that I wanted to do something different, but I had absolutely no idea what that was. So I didn't leave my career with any view of what was next. I simply created space. And at the time, that space was very much about space from work, headspace to think about what was next. What I understand now is that actually I was also creating space in my nervous system because my nervous system was so overwhelmed with the work. It was so overly reactive that there was no space for new ideas, new solutions. I wasn't open to that change on a nervous system level. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Life by Your Design podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Boyd. I'm a master hypnotist, human design reader, and I'm here to help you play with convention, tap into your purpose, and live life by your design. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Life by Your Design podcast. I hope you're doing really well this Tuesday morning. If you're super keen and listening to this episode just as it's been released, or whenever it is that you found your way to today's episode. What I'm going to be talking about is the role of the nervous system in connecting to your purpose and making change. Because the nervous system actually has a much bigger role to play than most people realize. And a lot of the time, people kind of park working with their nervous system, and then they try to plow on and they're not getting the results they need. And what's, of course, quite interesting is that usually one of the reasons that we're looking to create some sort of change in our life, perhaps we want something more purposeful, we want to change our work, our career, is that we often are coming from a place of stress. And today's episode is not about getting into the way that stress works in the workplace. I have a lot of opinions on that and how I think that we're perhaps not supporting people in the best possible way. But it's really about the role of stress and how it's actually holding you back. So as much as it can be a trigger for you to want to step into making some shifts and changes in your life, it actually ends up being a little bit of a barrier to holding you back all at the same time. So if you can work with your nervous system, if you can make nervous system regulation part of what you're doing, you'll find that you support yourself to make change much, much more quickly. And I want to give you before we kind of jump into talking about the nervous system and how the nervous system works and why it holds you back, I'd like to be able to just give you a little bit of an example from my personal experience. So if we were to rewind back kind of six and a half, I think about six and a half years, and I was still working for somebody else, I was in my career, as I call it, and I'd got to this place where I'd had this kind of ongoing stress, chronic stress for many weeks, many, many months. And I had three weeks holiday booked off. I was going to be moving house in the first week. And then I was heading off to India for two weeks, which is kind of always where I like to go when I like to shake something up. There's something about India. I feel like it scoops you up in these big loving arms. And at the same time, it kind of shakes you up and shakes out what next needs to happen. Not everybody loves going to India, but I have found my experiences there to be very, very powerful. Anyway, so I had these three weeks coming up and it was the Friday before I was going on leave. And my boss had asked me if I would share the strategy that I'd presented earlier on in the week to a client 
to my colleagues. So this meant Friday, end of the day drinks, standing up in front of like 15, 20 people and just sharing what I'd already presented. Now for context, I enjoy public speaking. I'm a keynote speaker. I was several weeks ago, I was down in Sydney talking to hundreds of people at Hilton. I've spent my career presenting strategy, facilitating workshops to very senior people. That's not something that phases me. Like it's something I actually really enjoy. I know that's not what a lot of people enjoy, but I love it. So really standing up in front of 15 colleagues is not going to be a, a big deal. But this last thing was essentially the straw that broke the camel's back for me. I had panic attack just about thinking about doing that. And I remember scooping the stuff off from my, my desk just before that meeting and just walking straight for the lift. And I just left the building. I didn't even talk to anyone. I didn't say to my boss, I can't do it. It was just absolute and utter overwhelm. And I had to get out the building. Anyway, I went away for those three weeks. I recalibrated a bit and I came back to work for another year. And I was really in that because I had to sort my visa out. I think I would have left much earlier, but I needed to sort my visa out. But for me, Leaving work in the way that I did was about creating space. I was very stressed, very overwhelmed. And in amongst all of that, I was unable to work out what was next for me. I knew that I needed something different. I knew that I wanted to do something different, but I had absolutely no idea what that was. So I didn't leave my career with any view of what was next. I simply created space. And at the time, that space was very much about space from work, headspace to think about what was next. What I understand now is that actually I was also creating space in my nervous system because my nervous system was so overwhelmed with the work. It was so overly reactive that there was no space for new ideas, new solutions. I wasn't open to that change on a nervous system level. And I actually spent that first easily year of being out of that career really just beginning to regulate my nervous system again so that I was open and I was ready for something else. Now, this is often the challenge. We find ourselves in these jobs and these careers and we are stressed. We are pressed for time. We're juggling all of these things. And yet there's this part of us that goes, oh, we could do something else. But it's not a case, when am I even going to work out what that is? And am I even open and receptive to that at a nervous system level? So let's talk a little bit about the nervous system, just to give you a kind of quick overview of how this actually relates. So when we talk about the nervous system, we've got two main branches, essentially. We've got the sympathetic branch, which is what you might know as fight and flee, flee and fight. And then you've also got parasympathetic. When we actually get into the parasympathetic, there's actually several different kind of arms or divisions of that. It isn't just one lumped together parasympathetic division. So when we go down into the parasympathetic division, what you've actually got something is the dorsal vagal response. And this is where your freeze response sits. So this is when you find yourself basically faced with fear or threat And rather than getting up and fighting as you would do in that sympathetic response, 
you actually go into that freeze response. So the way you need to think about this is that we were absolutely designed to shift between these different nervous system states because they've all got fantastic qualities to them and they're there to keep us safe. So if you think about that sort of traditional or, you know, that idea of you're in the cave as a caveman, tiger walks into the cave and you need to respond to that tiger. So you either flick into that sympathetic division where you fight, where you flee, and that's what gives you all of the physiological responses to be able to run away from the tiger or to climb the tree or perhaps even consider fighting back at that tiger. And so there's all sorts of stuff that happens on a physiological level. We have, you know, more blood sent to our muscles so that we can run and we can climb and, you know, we're suddenly we'll have, you know, a shot of adrenaline that kind of fires us into action. That's all happening in that sympathetic division. But equally, you could find yourself going into that parasympathetic dorsal vagal response, which is that freeze response. And that's where rather than you running, you perhaps freeze. You stay absolutely still in the hope that that tiger is actually going to to leave you alone. You know, that's the approach that you might take with a bear. Or you see this in animals when they actually get they've been caught by an animal. So say a mouse gets caught by a cat. And rather than trying to fight that cat, because that response isn't going to get them out of it, they play dead. They freeze in the hope that that cat might put them down, come back to them in a few minutes. And as soon as they're put down, then they're able to get up and run. And that's when they would then shift into that sympathetic response. So you can see that these responses can be really, really powerful in keeping us alive. The problem is that we find ourselves in everyday life stuck in these responses much, much more than we were really ever designed to be. So whereas the threat, the fear of the tiger entering the cave has a very distinctive beginning and end. Tiger enters cave, tiger leaves cave. Okay, we're now able to move back into another one of those parasympathetic responses either the dorsal vagus or the ventral vagus. However, those threats often don't have definitive starts and finishes in our modern lives. So we're stressed about work and we're perhaps not stressed about a particular presentation or particular report. It's just this ongoing, continuous stress. Or we're dealing with financial stress that seems to go on forever. Or we're having challenges in our romantic relationship or We're rearing our children through their teen years and it's just ongoing stress. So it never stops. So we find ourselves stuck in one of these responses because there never seems to be the right moment for us to move into a different nervous system response. And here's the challenge. These responses do not put you in the right state to actually be open to new solutions and ideas about what's next for you. And then even when you've got those solutions, take action. So for example, if we go back to this sympathetic response, this fight and flee response that we have, it places you into a very tunnel vision place. In that moment, the only thing your body wants you to do is get away from that tiger to get to safety. So it will exclude 
everything else. That's why when you're in this state, you don't digest your food very well, which is why if you're chronically stressed, you may find that you have digestion issues. Because at that time, all of our energy, all of our mental energy, all of our physiology is directed very much at getting us out of that threat. It's tunnel vision or it's foveal. And so if you are in a highly foveal state and you are just focused on that one thing, you are going to exclude all of the other stuff. And all of the other stuff in this particular context could be the other solutions, ideas around what you might do next. So because you're so focused on the job that's stressing you out because you're working a crazy amount of hours each week and you're always being loaded with more to-dos, you're not able to see all the other ways that you may be able to make money or do more purposeful work or change something else. So it's literally excluded. Or alternatively, if you've gone into that parasympathetic response, that freeze response, that dorsal vagal response, then you might even know what you need to do next. You might even have the ideas, but you're not in a place to actually take any action. You're frozen. You're absolutely just in a place of freeze and passivity. So where you need your nervous system to be is actually an eventual vagus state. This is one where you feel safe because once you feel safe, you're open. You're open to your, those new ideas. You're open to being able to create some change because it actually feels safe for you because your eye is off of that threat. It's the safety that we need. And if you think about it, one of the overlays that's always there, whenever ever I have a conversation with somebody about finding purpose or about changing their career, at some point in that conversation, it always will drop into money. How do I make money when I do this new thing? How can I make enough money? How can it be secure? How can it be stable? And so as soon as we start down this path, we automatically, for most of us, to some degree, will create a level of unsafety in relation to money, which again tends to shift us out of that place. So if your nervous system is running in the sympathetic division or you're running in that part of the parasympathetic, which is where freeze sits, then you will find that you feel quite stuck. You're probably finding that you're not open to what's next, you don't know what's next, and you can't see what's next, or you're just unable to take that action. And that's when I'll hear people saying things like, I know what I need to do, I just can't seem to take that action. So this is why I would say to you, if you are not yet working with your nervous system, building that resilience so that you're able to move between these different nervous system states, because there's absolutely times when you should shift into that sympathetic state. There's totally times when you should shift into those other parts of the parasympathetic division, but you don't want to be there all the time because not only will your health deteriorate, because we need to actually push you into that part of the parasympathetic division where you're able to rest, to digest, to heal, to be able to take a focus on that ongoing maintenance rather than that immediate threat that's sat in front of you. And when you start to work with your nervous system to move between these states, you're able to find 
time in life to move into those states where you then have the space for you to explore what is next for you. So it may well be that like me, you wanted to actually physically move away from your career and you wanted to create the headspace because it felt like there was no space to think about what was next. But actually, potentially, if I look back now, I could have done it in a different way if I had been able to create the space in my nervous system. And so for that reason, nervous system regulation is in all the work that I do. If you come into the Purpose Pathway and you join me there, there's a whole module on nervous system regulation so that you can create that space and kind of set the environment at a nervous system level for you to be open and receptive to all the other stuff that we explore in that so that you're able to connect to your purpose, connect to what's next for you, and then feel like you actually have the capacity to start making some change rather than being locked in this space of, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough money, this isn't going to work for me. So if I leave you with something today, it is prioritize your nervous system. It is so interesting when stuff gets really stressful, how we tend to throw out all the things that would actually help us through that situation the most. People have really busy times at work, exercise drops off, eating well drops off, and a lot of that nervous system regulation stuff that a lot of us don't actually do enough of anyway, but that tends to fall off as well. So if you have enjoyed today's episode, then I'd love you to come and follow me or like on any of the platforms that you're listening to it on. If you feel compelled to leave a review, I'd love that even more. And if you have found this useful, feel free to share it with a friend who may be at a stage where they're in fact looking at what might be next for them. So I wish you a great rest of your day or evening, wherever you're at. And I look forward to catching you next week, where I'll be sharing some more useful tips to support you on your journey to working out what is next and how to connect to your purpose in a simple and practical way. And in other news, we are going to be taking a little break over Christmas and New Year. So for the next two weeks, so Boxing Day, the 26th, and also on January the 2nd, we won't be releasing any podcasts, but we will be back after the Christmas break on Tuesday, the 9th of January with another episode. So I wish you all a very Merry Christmas if you're celebrating and a wonderful start to the new year. And uh, I'll be back 9th of January. See you then.